Hey, deserving listeners. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Today, you're going to be really excited. You're joined today by four PhD students who are going to talk to you about how you would incorporate some of the key concepts like Saffron and Moran 2000, the UP protocol, and Joiner's model into the counselor ed courses. So first, we're gonna, the first question we have for our PhD students is, how would you incorporate Saffron and Moran concepts into counselor ed courses? To get us started, uh, one thing that I want you to know about Saffron and Moran 2000 is a key concept is the beginner's mind. Um, so it's critical for counselors and therapists to learn, to become aware of, and then let go of their preconceived notions of the therapeutic process as they emerge. So who would like to get us started today? What, how would you incorporate Safran and Moran into uh, counselor education courses for master's level students? So thanks, Danny, for um, that great introduction. Um, I think it's important to frame our conversation around how we would integrate some of these concepts um, into counselor education courses by first acknowledging that as counselor educators, we always need to have in our perspective developmentally where our students at. So some of these, the Saffron Moran concepts are some are more advanced and some aren't. So I really like that you started with the beginner's mind because the beginner's mind is something that I believe that we can integrate into counselor education courses from the beginning. Um, helping our students understand what a beginner's mind is and having the opportunity to practice that. It's a skill that not only Saffron Moran 2000 advocates for, but it's something that can be really critical to our students' development. So something that I like to do in my courses is um, when I have, depending on the classes I'm teaching, if they're in-person, hybrid, um, or maybe just even online, is I always give my students an opportunity to pra practice mindfulness. So I begin in-person classes with a mindfulness moment. Um, if we're in hybrid, I might start an online class that way. And I give my students prompts every week in their modules on practicing mindfulness. Um, because sometimes that's a new concept to our students, um, but to give them an opportunity to practice that so that when we talk about the beginner's mind or mindfulness in action, which we know um, is the backbone of meta communication, which is a little bit more of an advanced skill, I find that a really um, nice entry point for students. Thank you, Allison. And that was really good. I really liked how you described the different levels of students. So the example like you were talking about, you could have a master's level student who is in their first class in a master's program versus a student in year two or even year three who is in practicum or internship. So having that in mind, um, I'm curious, Oriana or Violetta, how you would incorporate those concepts with a, either a beginning student or an advanced student or any just additional interventions 
So one of the concepts from Safran MRM 2000 that are really important that can be incorporated with a variety of different graduate student levels is that of two-person psychology. So we can introduce that concept, you know, from the beginning and just really kind of let them know that one person psychology is kind of the old school way of doing counseling, right? Um, it's all about the um, emphasis on the therapist as a blank screen. Um, but the really cool thing about introducing two-person psychology is that we really get to introduce it to our students and emphasize the relationship that comes from the client and the therapist. So it's not so much of a therapist just sitting in the chair and, you know, taking notes, listening. It's really more about the therapist being a co-collaborator in this relationship. Um, and that's a concept that we can really weave into all of our classes. Um, it doesn't matter what level they're at, and we can certainly remind them of that. Um, and this concept can definitely be illustrated even more in practicum and internship settings where students are actually getting to practice being a therapist. Um, but it's really important to weave this concept through from the very beginning so they have this idea of two-person psychology throughout all of their courses. And I think- Thanks, Violet. Go and Oriana's yeah. up next. Well, I was going to add something to that just because um, we we talked about a beginner student versus an advanced student. Um, so incorporating something that Allison uh, talked about with mindfulness is that with a beginning student, the focus is going to be a lot more on remaining objective. So I think it will start off looking like one person psychology because you are practicing so much having focus on what the client is bringing and remaining objective. Once students start to develop more interventions, th theoretical basis and skill and more advanced courses, it will be more relate. It'll be easier to relate to two person psychology because you are also an active participant in the counseling process that's happening. So mm -hmm. with this concept, it is important to develop it, especially from the beginning all the way through the end. But it also shifts based on how much um, skill the student has developed. Yeah, that's a great point, Oriana. It's um, it is interesting how these these concepts in Saffron and Moran we can really see how we could introduce them, um, kind of just in an introduction to counseling class or the micro skills class, but then use that as a foundation to constantly circle back to, mm -hmm. you know. And like you said, as students begin to develop their sense of how they want to be a counselor and how they understand the counseling relationship. Um, and maybe they're moving into a practicum site where they get to try on some of the skills like for real um, to always be circling back to that idea of the beginner's mind and how, and then it probably becomes more real, the two person psychology and how much the counselor also brings to the relationship. And just to add to that discussion, because one of the key concepts of Saffron and Moran is the idea of metacommunication that we started talking about. And Saffron and Moran, they outline some of the general principles 
of meta communication, which includes things like focus on the here and now, focusing on the concrete and specific, um, evaluating patients, understanding. Um, so there's different elements of meta communication that are critical for students and especially beginning students to to learn. And uh, one idea that I have to kind of like deepen, especially master's level students' understanding of meta communication would be that individual um, learning that they create for themselves. So if I had a group of master's level students, I would create or into their course potential journal work that they did weekly. So I would have them use, for example, if it was a 10 week course, I would assign one meta communication principle each week and then have them write about their own personal life or experiences that they've had with other people. I would have them incorporate that on a weekly basis. And that way, by the end of the week, they would have um, 10 meta communication principles that they like learned about, wrote about, and they adapted to their personal experience. Because when you let them talk about their personal experience, it helps them to deepen that understanding. That's a great point too, Danny, because what we know is that master students are adult learners. And adult learners, it is um, critical that we make the connections to their lived experience. Um, it's not enough just to give adult students information. We need to give them opportunities to make connection uh, to their own lives. So I really like the idea of giving a principle and then allowing or giving them space to connect it to their own life to make meaning of it. Um, but I am curious that when you think about that, meta communication to me is a little bit more of an advanced skill. Um, like Oriana was saying, you know, there's some foundational work. What course would you see this journaling exercise? Like when you think about the sequencing yeah, I think this would be uh, uh, for kind of an advanced master's level course, kind of either like practicum or internship, mm -hmm. where they already understand and know the basic skills, because this would not be knowing just like on students' um, learning ability and development level, wouldn't be something they could do in a beginning course. Yeah, so yeah. it would have to be in, a, in one of their advanced, either practicum or internship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think reflection is a really good um, thing that we want to get our graduate students to kind of get in the habit of doing. So while Danny, this one definitely seems more appropriate for an advanced course, I think even if we were just in a a basic um, counseling skills class, maybe one of the first few classes that they were enrolled in, and we gave them that opportunity to start journaling about their experiences, right? Um, journal about your experience as a client, journal about your experience as the counselor. So we can kind of get them into that habit of reflecting on their experience. So by the time we move them into these advanced courses, they're able to reflect in a more advanced level. I like that because then it could be adapted. We adapted different journaling based on the needs. So it could be simple journaling versus advanced journaling. Mm -hmm. uh, and then before we move into the next section, is there anything 
um, that you're dying to share about Zafran and Moran that needs to be applied for master students? Something that I was just thinking about, and I'd be curious what the panel thinks. Um, I think another core concept that Saffron Moran brings to our awareness is the idea of um, ruptures that can occur in the counseling relationship. And I, I mean, I remember when I was an aspiring counselor, I thought counseling was always going to be like rainbows and butterflies. And I think normalizing and acknowledging that ruptures do happen in a counseling relationship as they do in any relationship and that there are ways of working through those ruptures is a really critical uh, concept from Saffron Moran 2000 that we want our students to be aware of. Um, and I think reminding, uh, I don't know what you all think so, but like when we would introduce um kind of bored in 1979's concepts of the goals of counseling, the tasks of counseling, and then also the bond and where those ruptures could occur. And then what are the different ways of addressing those ruptures? Kind of my gut feeling is, again, that's a little bit more of an advanced skill, but also just even as we've talked about with the beginner's mind and two-person psychology, not being afraid to introduce it early on um, just so that it's uh, in their awareness, but then kind of scaffolding up to um, how you work through ruptures indirectly, directly, things like that. So I'd be curious what the panel thinks about that. Yeah, that's a good point, Allison, because um, I agree that counselor education students often get um, very anxious when they feel that there is a withdrawal from the client. Um, and Saffron and Moran uses ruptures as really a window, an opportunity to strengthen the relationship. So I think if this process, even though it is an advanced skill, of course, and especially to notice when there has been a rupture, it is an advanced skill, but to introduce it from the beginning to know that there is an opportunity for rupture and repair. Um, and this is also, I know we were just talking about it with a principle of metacommunication, that when we do metacommunicate with our clients, we can expect more ruptures because it's talking about this area of discomfort for the client. So the skill comes with knowing how to ease into a topic and be able to show the client that you're there alongside with them as a therapist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thinking about what Danny said and even Violetta about the benefits of journaling, I feel like that would be, you know, reflecting on what, comes up for you when you think, like you said, the anxiety of like, oh my gosh, what if my client withdraws or confronts me? Um, and being really aware of those feelings that you experience. And then I was just thinking about this might be another great opportunity um, for students to engage in a case study or like a case vignette um, where they can work together uh, to think through, you know, what would be the, the multitude of approaches that they could take with a client that is um, showing signs of either a withdrawal or confrontation rupture. And then one other note that I uh, make quick on this, because when we're teaching master's level students, we also have to think about, we're um, evaluating their learning to see whether they're grasping the concepts or not. So one way that we could do that is by doing um, either semester or, or quarter presentations 
based on the concept. So an idea that I would have for students learning would be to um, maybe towards the end of the quarter or semester, have students get into groups and then based on the five stages of ruptures and resolution model, I would have students present um, in, in their own way, in their own creative way, maybe something like a role play of the withdrawal marker stage one or a presentation. It could be auditory or visual or they could select the medium that's best for them but presenting their learning and not only will that ensure that we could see if they have learned the key concepts but they themselves end up teaching other students which we know for adult learning is really helpful yeah yeah that's an excellent point and um i really like the idea of presentations because when you make a connection to it um you retain it more and going along with presentations it's important to see not only what a proper um use of the model is, but also it could be interesting if a pr if it was presented an improper use of the model and if students are able to point out um, what they would do differently or why this is not a, a good solution for um, this rupture repair. And I think we have time for one more comment. Was Violetta had, uh, no, something? Oh, I was just gonna say, um, earlier, it is definitely okay to normalize ruptures. Um, similar to what Oriana said, you know, students get so much anxiety, like, oh no, I'm doing something wrong, but it's totally okay. It's part of the counseling process. So if we could just normalize that from the very beginning, I think it would really ease some of their anxiety as they, you know, um, grow into more advanced counselors. And thank you.